Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Prop G Pod wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. is going on y'all we are back it is 2023 and we are here with the first edition of no bets barred in the new year it's been a while since we had a ufc card middle of december still a couple more weeks to go but before we break down that first ufc card of the year we have to give our futures out who we think is going to be the champion come end of 2023 i cannot wait to get into this these are some of the most fun bets like you know, you get your week-to-week thing, but getting to cheer on a fighter and hopefully see them become champion and cash a ticket, there's there's few things better. Uh, Jed, how are we feeling, man? I am so excited. I have never done, like, big future bets before because it just hasn't been a thing on my radar. Um, not all the sports books offer it. It just hasn't been a thing for me, so... The fact uh, that it's to... offered is is a thing of beauty. I've always been a futures guy. Like I, I've just like even before I started heavily betting on MMA, football, basketball, soccer, anything like that. Oh, yeah, love getting a future down. Love getting into a team. Like it's it's just the best. I, I love I love future and team sports. So I'm very excited about this. Uh, I have a lot of big numbers on my board. So very excited. Uh, but before we get into that, let's talk about one future champion that I can guarantee, you know, I'll just come out right and say it. It's the current champion, the university of Georgia bulldogs, baby. Let's go. If you are holding a Georgia national championship ticket, which I want to say was around plus 400 plus 500. I mean, you just have to be feeling pretty good going into the national championship where we will be 13 and a half point favorites over the TCU horn frogs. Minus 500. So at first I couldn't believe it, but then I was like, had you came to me on New Year's Eve before the games kicked off and said, all right, bro, you're going to get a Georgia TCU uh, national championship. Go ahead and line it for me. I probably would have lined it right around two touchdowns, like somewhere in that range. I would have figured we would have been big favorites. I think recency bias of how good TCU's offense looked and then how much Georgia scraped by Ohio State, I feel like that's playing a little bit into it. 
I'm confident that we get it done in the national championship. I am getting more confident, but if you had told me before the semifinal matches, I still would have thought it was closer because I think people are just being wildly disrespectful to TCU, frankly. <laughs> like they've had a hell of a season. Mm-hmm. Uh, dude, Max, Max Dargers, that that man is is electric. I don't know if he's, he's good, but he is electric for sure. <laughs> TCU is like the first real like Cinderella story that we've they seen are. in college football in the college football playoff because I mean you've had teams like Washington make the playoff, Cincinnati make the playoff, and they just get dusted in the first round. And now you have TCU actually having a chance to win the national title. So it's and pretty the way crazy. They did it was incredible. Just Yo, so man. I believe you are also at the semifinal Georgia oh, I was in there. Ohio State. Uh, so the first half, I was I went to the game as well, but I'm watching TCU Michigan before he bounce, and it, it's just track meet. They are just just throwing haymakers. And then while we're in line to get into the stadium, a bunch of people have it up on their phones, and it's like I just keep putting my phone down. So I'm like, okay, TCU is up by – Two you touchdowns. Kept thinking it was with, over. You yeah, kept with thinking twelve it was minutes over. to play, and then I look back. It's like actually they're up by three points now, and they've scored twenty-one in in this three minutes. But it was just an absolute track meet. Yeah, it was I mean, awesome. it was it was unbelievable. Uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, if you don't care about college football at all, on New Year's Eve the college football playoff commenced. It was TCU versus Michigan. TCU wins. They they punch a ticket, and then the nightcap. The main event of the evening was our Georgia Bulldogs, where me and Jed attended college, taking on the Ohio State Buckeyes in the Peach Bowl in Atlanta, where Jed lives, where my family's from, where I was visiting for the holidays. Uh, Georgia comes out, looks a little flat, gets back into it, takes the lead, and then just the third quarter, it looks desperate, man. We enter the fourth quarter trailing 38-24. to 24. We completed one pass in the third quarter. It looked like nothing was going to get done. Uh, and then, you know... That's why they play the game. That's why you're never over. It is never over until it is over, folks. I I was having an existential crisis. I was having a breakdown during that entire game. Just the most electric thing I've ever been a part of. Being in the stands for that, like I, I originally wasn't going to go. My parents got me tickets for for Christmas. Thanks, wow, mom and dad. Clutch. Uh, we were, I was like super excited. It's the first bowl game I've been to in several years. First, I mean, first Georgia game I've been to since COVID. So I haven't gone back. And I was like, yeah, this is going to be great. Uh, I, in my head going into the game, I was like, this is really the national title because whoever wins this is going to beat either Michigan or TCU, I felt, even though it had Michigan you know, already got the dub over Ohio State. I just felt that we were the two most talented teams. And then for... 57 minutes of that game it felt like we were we were boned that we were not bringing our a game and the moment where marvin harrison jr got a targeting call on him on a third down uh where it looked like cj stroud was throwing the football out of the back of the end zone and then we come up and just plow through marvin harrison because he did end up having a chance at the ball and in the stadium they call it targeting. It's going to be first and goal from the one for Ohio State. It's going to give them a chance to go that up. That was when I gave up. It's going to give them a chance to go up 42-24, make it a three-possession game. I looked in the turn to my friend. I was like, it's over. All right. Like, we've been positive up to this point. 
It is now over, though. We are not going to win this football game. They say nothing in the stadium. I don't know. Nothing. I was going to say, I don't know if I just wasn't paying attention. No referee, no replays, no anything. We get no information. And then they just trot the kicker out there for Ohio State. Me and all my friends look at each other. We're like, all right, like we're not dead yet. Like this thing is not over just yet. A two possession game stays a two possession game. And like, whoo, just by the power of belief, baby, you can't give up. Can't, can't give it, up was, on the dogs. That was when I gave up because because you're right. They didn't say anything. And then suddenly we're just, they're just rotting out the field goal team. I'm like, oh my God, what's going on? It was nuts. The, the, the ending. I don't know where you were sitting. I was at the 50 yard line. But I, actually, I was up. I, was I wasn't up in the sitting. Oh, I you had weren't standing. Sitting? I had standing room only. So I had to get in there at like six o'clock. Uh, one of my boys who who works for a corporate sponsor of the Peach Bowl hooked me up, got me a hundred dollar tickets. I was like, I'm I got to go to this uh, for this price. Normal tickets were much more expensive. But uh, yeah, I had to get in there very early. By the time the third quarter was rolling around and we were getting beat pretty bad, I was standing five, five and a half hours straight in the same spot. Legs were starting to feel it, starting to get a little tired, but I didn't give up on my dogs. I didn't give in. I didn't go and sit down like a lot of the fans were. Uh, and yeah, so I was I was where the Ohio State kicker missed it, that end zone. I, oh. was, I was sitting in that one. So I'm at the 50, and uh, I'm so high up that I can't really see the uh, the like the board or whatever. Like you can't, oh, can't the halo see board. The, yeah. So, so sick, Mercedes-Benz so, Stadium. Google it, it. It's amazing. So I'm getting no replays the whole time, which was honestly made the experience way more fun because I'm just like actually living in it and not being able to look back up and see. But from our vantage point, the you could see everything on the field except the kicks. You just you could there was no depth perception to tell yeah, if any of the field goals went in or not. And so the first Georgia field goal that we missed, everybody around me celebrating, and that's when we all realize, oh, we can't do it. So then it's just looking at the team reactions to see where the like who got it in. Uh, and so for this final, the clock's ticking down. It's about to be midnight. We can't see shit. This is the biggest kick in the history of Georgia football that's about to go on. And I'm just like, I don't even know. I can't process my emotions. And then he kicks it. And I immediately knew he shanked it. Oh, it yeah, was that was such a bad part. kick that I could tell. And I could you couldn't see shit about where that was going. And immediately I jump. I am losing my mind. And everybody gets really excited because you could tell from the second worst vantage. Impossibly bad kick. Se- second, his foot touched the ball. It was done. I do feel bad for the kid, Ruggles. Uh, I mean... He's been like a a sick kicker all year. I think he'd only missed two field goals going into that. And like, you know, that is going to live with him for it's, so long. It's not his fault. And let me tell you why. Uh, I went back and rewatched the game the next day because I wanted to see it. I was like, all right, well, I got nothing to do on. Yeah, New you want to see the TV broadcast. Yeah, the stuff that I missed because, again, I didn't have replay. So a lot of it, I couldn't tell. Like in in the stadium, it looked like Marvin Harrison Jr. is the best football player alive, and we're terrible and can't cover him. That's both of those are probably not true. even us being terrible. He is just that good. He's just that the best football player in the world. Uh, it looked like we were getting zero pass rush. Also, pretty accurate. That's actually true. There was no pass rush, and CJ Stroud, difficult. if there was any pass rush, he just avoided it and and circled out and just found the open man. Every that time. was the part that was killing me because the man is not known as a runner, and suddenly he has the legs of freaking Lamar Jackson out there. It was brutal. So I went back and rewatched it, and as I'm rewatching it, uh, 
I don't remember who it was on the call. Maybe it was Kirk Herbstreet or whoever else was whoever yeah, the broadcast. Yeah, Fowler and Herbstreet. Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreet. Yeah, I think it was Fowler that actually said it. Uh, when Ruggles is taking an earlier field goal from you know forty, not a chip shot in college, but a makeable one, Fowler just goes like, "Well, uh, you know, Ruggles has been automatic all year." And I was like, "You never say that, Fowler. Yeah, you never do." Announcer Chris, what you do say, I turned to one of my friends before he took the kick, and I was just like, man, like, first of all, what you said about not being able to process your emotions, I think that's one of the most beautiful things about being a sports fan and being so invested is because you're not going to have time to process the emotions. The game is going on. Like, it is going to keep going, and there is nothing you can do about it. Like, because I was in the same thing. Like, I was like, I can't watch. Like, I can't watch. And it's just like, I have to watch. I have to watch. Like, it's just like, it's just such tense moments. But, (laughs) Uh, I turned to one of my friends right before he kicked it. I was just like, this dude Ruggles is about to make a lot of people happy and a lot of people mad no matter what happens here. No matter matter what happens, one of of the two things. Uh, Yeah, man, it was... How about the Arian Smith, the uh, the seventy six yard touchdown pass, one play drive? That's where I was like, okay, we are seriously. That's where they roped me back in. Yet. That's where I was like, we are not dead yet, and like he started like really getting hype at that point. And like the vantage point from the end zone when you just see Stetson just absolutely launch this thing, and it's just like you see the ball. It feels like it's in the air for thirty seconds, and then it finally comes down, and it's a touchdown. It's just unbelievable stuff. I mean, one of the I was at the national championship last year, and uh, that is probably the best football game I've been a part of uh, in in the stands. Yeah, it like this uh, one, the Peach yeah, Bowl. Yeah, is. yeah, I I know what you're saying. I it's a, undoubtedly the best football game I've ever been to. It's frankly one of the best football games I've just ever seen. Full stop. I don't know, like the national championship because of what that means is probably the only game in history that I would say I would have rather been at than this. And like I was talking with my dad afterwards, like I may never go to another game. Because how can I top this one? Like, we were dead in the water for so much of this. Dude, first of all, so dead in the water. And that's what I'm saying to my friends about this. Like, uh, if they end up going back to back, and I got to be at the National Championship, and I got to be at the Peach Bowl, and they go back to back, and it's just like all the curses are written and everything like that. Like, we are the champions. We are the best team in college football. We proved it two straight years. It's just like... It's almost like I'm like less of a fan. Like it's like I'm just become a supporter. Like it's just like, all right, it's time to move on to the next stage of my life. Like it's just like they have done everything they possibly can for me. This team owes me nothing, nothing. anymore. Like they have paid all their debts. Like we are one win away from being at that point where I'm just like, yeah, back in my day, we used to not win <laughs> national championships and now we just win them every year. Now we just do it. Oh, yeah, man. It was. It was incredible. Um, incredible. Uh, I mean, if if you want to see my reaction, it's on my Twitter. It's on my Instagram. Like, it it was so electric, especially in standing room only, because everyone could run around. Like, you weren't locked into a seat. Oh, that's great. So it just it just became a total Chaos. mob scene. Like, random people are hugging. Everyone's high fiving. Like, it was just it was absolutely insane. I mean, loved every minute of it. Love that it got to be in the bends. Love that it was the Peach Bowl. I mean, it was just perfect. It it really was, man. It was just best. Uh, 42-41. That's the best part is we won by one single point. Like, that's that's what I love about it. And, if, and like I mentioned earlier, if you don't watch college football, if you have no idea what we're talking about, you at least have to go find, I retweeted it, the video of it syncing up 
And essentially when that ball, when that ball hits, uh, because like I was looking at my phone as I was pulling it out to, to record the kick. I was like, damn, it's 1159. Like it is about to be midnight. It's about to be new year's. Like the, the kick hits the ground like as the fireworks are going off in Times Square. Like it is, it's so perfectly timed up. It's like a movie. It, uh, somebody sent me that like right after one of my friends. And I was just like, yeah, I mean, it felt kind of like we all knew it. And we immediately, while we're celebrating the stands, like, oh, by the way, happy new year. But for it to sink perfectly is And they just... called a timeout. They iced the kicker. It was almost like Kirby yeah. was like, nah, let's match this up to New let's Year's. Let's do it. Let's make this happen. <laughs> uh, I hate icing the kicker, by the way. But when it works, baby, I got nothing to say. Oh, it worked. We also... Can we talk about the greatest timeout in sports history? Oh, my gosh. Ohio State fakes a punt. This is why they're still leading the game to give it you some reference It was so obvious, here. too. I don't know if yes. you can tell, but from where we're at, it is, like, very clear that this is about to be a fake, and I am losing my mind that we I are was not in the prepared. Bathroom. I was in the, in the bathroom. That's, that's where we're at during this stage of the game. <laughs> we are down that bad at that point i'm in the bathroom i'm like all right i'm gonna just run to the bathroom i'll be back and then like i hear the fake kick and everything and then i'm like i'm running back to my to where i'm standing and i'm just like what's going on what's going on they're like they called a fake but like we called a timeout i mean it's like save the game another moment where it saved the the game game. i mean we you talk about uh the targeting getting called back saved the game wasn't the targeting by the way that was a good decision to call that back he did use he did use the shoulder Shoulder. like and marvin harrison after the game said it was a normal hit uh he he wanted to go back in the game the trainer didn't want to allow it the brock bowers first down listen man the man levitated the man levitated they had the (laughs) side angle where where he's he's passed the pylon saved the game uh the the Smith 76-yard touchdown saved the game. The timeout on the fake punt saved the game. Like, the amount of moments in that fourth quarter that saved the game, it's it's unheard of. It's unbelievable. Un- unbelievable. But, yeah, that fake punt, I am sitting there screaming. Like, because the, the protection unit is, like, not where it's supposed to be. It's, like, very clearly off-center to a point where it can catch a direct snap. And I'm just like, oh, guys, this is a fake. What are you doing? And Kirby clearly sees it, too, and makes, oh. I don't think he had a great game coaching, but. Just got to trust in him. Yeah, you just. You just got to trust in Kirby Smart. I mean, it's just the guy, the guy gets it done. And I love, I love one of the first thing he says post game, you know. All right, your team's ready to go play TCU. He's just like, nope, we're not ready. Did you watch the game tonight? Oh, Ohio State probably, de- yeah, probably deserved to win the game. We got a lot to work on. We got to get ready for them. Like that's that's what I love about Kirby Smart. Never satisfied until the job is done. So Georgia wins the Peach Bowl against Ohio State, forty-two forty-one. Advances to the national championship on Monday. They will take on the TCU Horn Frogs. Next time we're recording this, we'll know whether or not Georgia are the national champions back-to-back first time in college football playoff history. I cannot wait for it. Uh, but it, like, let me also, co- as we yes, exit please. here, let me please just, exit. Let, me, let me note something. It's important to note. 2022, the year of the dog. Undefeated Georgia Bulldogs. Undefeated. Didn't take an L from Undefeated. Jan 1 to December 31st, baby. That is a fact. 15-0 and 0 in the year of 22. Unbelievable. We'll see if we can do it again in 23. I mean, let's just keep the good times rolling. Uh, but you didn't come here for college football. Uh, you, we'll, we'll put a timestamp in the description. Uh, we'll do whatever that you can just fast forward right to this point. 
Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. right now where we start getting into MMA. So what we want to do, we want to recap the year. We want to look back on 2022, you know, how we did. And then we got we got a few awards that we want to give out. Not not your typical fighter of the year, uh, you know, fight of the year, comeback fight of the year, all that. Gambling no, these, awards. These are going to be gambling awards. That's that's what we're going to do here. But uh, just a quick recap. Uh, I, I said I wanted to end the year up over 50 units. I ended it up 66 units. 10.82% return on investment. I had 31 winning weeks, 17 lo- losing weeks. So if it was a 48-game season, I went 31-17. and 17. I'm happy with that outcome. Uh, happy with the year overall, man. I mean, we all, all we ever talk about is profit is the goal, and uh, I was able to secure that. So 2022, I, I view it as a good year. I mean... How could you not view it as a good year when you're talking? I mean, it's numbers. literally impossible, yeah, to not view that as a good year, especially when you're gambling on MMA, the most volatile sport in the world. Yeah, any year that you are a winner of any units, it's a it's a good year. It's a good year, great Certainly year. Certainly, if you're you know hitting your target goals, it, it's a fantastic year. Uh, so for me, I don't have a week by week breakdown because I'm not nearly as delightful as Connor, <laughs> who really went above and beyond to. Live- let you know how many weeks, but up 55 units for the year. So, oh, baby. I mean, that that's feels a, that's that feels quality. Beauty. I mean, <laughs> two people, two people profiting is uh, is not a bad thing to do. Um, I'm actually moving on from the spreadsheets. I normally keep a spreadsheet to uh, a website a lot of people love, Bet MMA Tips. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try that out here in 2023. Mm-hmm. Uh, I learned about it about halfway through last year. I thought it was way more complicated than it was. That's why I was a little bit hesitant. And then over the break, I was like, all right, let's see. Like everyone speaks volumes about this. Let's see what it's all about. Um, so yeah, I'm just gonna start with that. You just plug and play. You have to get your picks in before, uh, before the card starts, so you can't change anything. Not as if I would anyway. Uh, but yeah, 
seems like it's much easier to use than a spreadsheet. My spreadsheet has gotten like I'm I'm like 800 cells deep into my spreadsheet now uh, when it comes to these bets. Uh, I have no idea what this thing is, so I'll take a look at it. I'll see how I feel. You know, it's clutch. It it's clutch. Well, I'm uh, I'm interested to see what this looks like. Maybe maybe that's just a simpler way to do it. Free shout yeah. out to Better MMA Tips. Free shout out to Better MMA Tips. I'm uh, I'm happy to be on board in uh, 2023. Hopefully, there's no issues. Sometimes I have, you know. Hopefully, there's no issues. I'll, I'll probably still keep a side spreadsheet just to uh, keep it extra transparent. But yeah, always so a good idea. Both be, both of us profit. I mean, you're talking. You're listening to two profitable MMA betters here. Uh, on well, no bets this part. year, uh, you know, yeah, in that, could, that could change this year. Things could change. I could lose seventy-five units in twenty twenty-three. That's let's hope not. Well, I'm gonna use, I'm gonna lose seventy-five units in in twenty twenty-three. <laughs> it's just if I win more than that, uh, yeah. I can guarantee you that. All right, so let's get in <laughs> to the awards. We've got five awards. Our best bet of the year, our fighter of the year, but in terms of best fighter to bet on. Then we have the sweatiest bet of the year. Then we have the robbery of the year, and then we have our worst bets of the year, which uh, I cannot wait to break down. So let's kick it off. The best bet of the year, the best bet I made in all of 2022, and it lasted almost the entire year, all the way up until October. <laughs> uh, it was Islam Makashev to be champion at the end of 2022, plus 240. Went pretty heavy on it, almost put two full units on it. I mean, it was a bet that I just... I put a decent amount on and I was like, I wish I put more. Like, I felt good about it. I was like, he's going to get a shot in 2022. It works out. He gets the win. It was just exactly how I scripted it up. I I couldn't have been happier with it. It felt like I, ne- I the whole year I was just like, yeah, I can bank on that being in my bank account come December 31st because he's just going to be the champion at the end of this year. It's a great feeling when you can just uh, bank on it. It's good. I know we're, I know that's coming back to me. At plus two forty two, I, I loved it. I, I saw some people get in early, and it was like plus six hundred. I was like, "Wow, that is just an incredible bet." I do have some honorable mentions, but for you, your best bet of the year, sir. So I only have one honorable mention, uh, but my best bet of the year, it, I went a different way because I went. It's the only bet of the year. It is the defining uh, bet of twenty twenty two, and frankly, of beyond. It's flyweight unders, baby. Oh, there's there's no doubt. And if this was like the Oscars, flyweight unders would be winning the best picture. That's how that's how we have yeah. to to equate this. I mean, someone sent me the stats, and I was I was busy over the break. I didn't get to dive into it too much. But essentially, flyweights finished fights for like the most the highest percentage in like seven or eight years. Like it like. Not only do we joke about it and like we actually see them through and watch them cash, it's like statistically proven that this was a great year for flyweight unders. It it was I mean we talked about it nearly every week. Every certainly every week there were flyweight bouts. It I frankly, it is probably the single bet that really gave our podcast momentum to get where we are today. It, it unifies people. It brings families together. What it more could you ask does. from a bet than the than what Flyweight Under is given this year? Undeniably, my bet of the year. I mean, there's there's nothing better, especially like when you put your friends onto it. You're hanging out with them. It, it, everyone's watching the fights, and then some five three guy who's 125 pounds, 135 soaking wet, getting in there against that five <laughs> four guy, 66 inch reach, and it's just like. 
these guys are going to finish each other. Don't worry about it. It's just yeah, like, match ooh, now, just I love being it. Hero every day of the goddamn uh, week. You know, yeah, we, shout out to the real heroes. Like we're talking about Matt Schnell. We're talking about Raw Dog, Brandon Vo- Roy Val. Like yeah, these the are dog. like Alejandre Pantoja. Pantoja. Like we're talking about these guys. You know, they're going to, they're going to get it done for you when they're going in there. Uh, Amir Albazi did well. Uh, Venetia Salvador. Daniel De Silva might be the king of the flyweight. Sure. Owners. You know, like that man hates going past the first round. It's not, he's not into it. He does not get paid by the hour, Connor. Gets, I love flyweights. We we got a couple flyweights on this first card of the year. Uh, we're going to talk about it. I'm excited, but you know that that's my bet of the year. I have one honorable mention, and this is more the me personal one. It was the biggest the the biggest odds that I cashed this year. Molly McCann third round TKO over Luana oh, Carolina has to be has plus thirty five hundred. When you cash a thirty five hundo, doesn't happen all that often. Certainly, if you're not parlaying a bunch of things together, just just a feeling that it's hard to describe. So that's my that's, runner up. That's a thing of beauty. I mean, that's that's absolutely amazing. Uh, one that I am, uh, there's a couple that I'm a little bit proud of. Uh, Yan Zhao Nan by decision against Mackenzie Dern plus 325. Uh, <laughs> I, I laugh at that because I was obviously on Mackenzie Dern in that one. Uh, if you guys remember, that goes down as one of my worst bets of the <laughs> uh Nathaniel Wood by decision plus 285 against Charles Jordan. I mean that one. was that one was never in doubt. Uh in boxing, Gervonta Davis rounds 5 through 8 plus 250. I mean that was uh I I never hit those exact rounds. That was a nice one to cash. Uh and then let's head over to WWE. Uh Ronda Rousey the win WWE the Royal Rumble. Bets. Okay. <laughs> Plus 1,400. I kicked off the year with that bad boy last year. Uh, and when I saw her come out, uh, I think it was 30th in the Royal Rumble. I mean, that was just, it was it was poetry in motion for me. I have nothing to share on WWE bets, but uh, that sounds, I it's still weird to me. I know you guys talked about it on, on the MMA Hour. It's still weird to me that you can do that. They allow I'm gonna do you. it again this year. I'm gonna well. Here's the thing: is so like I took Ronda Rousey at plus fourteen hundred, and by the end of the week, she was like minus six hundred. It's like the story got out. Mm. Like I watched a couple YouTube videos, and they like I, I watched well, way James too many Rousey situation. Eh? Yeah, I watched way too many Royal Rumble predictions, and then like the storyline <laughs> got released for sure. Yeah, um, then, then one other know. one that like it wasn't a big number. I think we were both on it though. Jalen Turner against Brad Riddell, uh, just like even yeah. odds, and it was just like the easiest bet I've ever made of my life, and it was just over in like thirty seconds. Yeah, that I didn't even think about it in that context. It's just like the simplest bets, but that was for sure. Uh, I will also throw out. Another, I don't think, I know I definitely did give this one out on this show. Uh, Corey Sandhagen by KOTKO in round four. Uh, oh, yes. fight with, yeah. with Creed Superboy. Dan Hooker round two, the universe bet. That was a pretty good one, too. Love love the universe bet. Great bet. So a couple of really good bets in, in 2022. We're going to try and do the same thing this year, but. It's flyweight unders. It's the bet yeah. of all time. Uh, I agree. That's that's a great point by you. Uh, let's keep it moving. Let's move to the fighter of the year, the best fighter to bet on. There's there's no question for me. This Ooh. this was knee jerk. I am so excited. Oh my god! I have an answer. I'm confident in, but I only came to it after I did a little bit of digging, and I had an I have a second answer. I was secondary, and I kind oh. of have a feeling that the secondary might be your 
your knee jerk answer. So, so if you know me, it. if you if you listen to anything I say, if you intake ingest any of my content, you know I love this man. It's the lock of the year. I mean, you just can't have any more confidence in this guy, Jelton Almeida. That is the clear winner. Jailton Almeida by finish. Jailton Almeida under. Jailton Almeida first round. Smash them all. Dude goes 3-0 and in 2022. All wins by first round finish. Uh, and he had one. One singular significant strike landed on him throughout the course of 2022. I mean, it was just... He just knew it was going to happen. The story was already written before he even entered the cage. Sure, I know his odds were blown out every time he fought, but there were ways that you could find profit on it. And my confidence in that guy was just through the roof every time going into it. I mean, one card, I had like 13 units of exposure on him. And I was like, as he's making the walk, I was like, fine. Man, I was like, man, what if this guy just lets me down and just like gets starched here in the first round? No, nope, first round finish, easy work. I mean, Chelsea, man, I can't wait to watch him. Two weeks, UFC Brazil. That's the real people's main event. Whoever Jelton Almeida's fighting. <laughs> Look, he's undeniably the uh, the anchor leg of any parlay. He's the yes. best anchor leg yes. in twenty twenty. Jelton Anchor Almeida. That yeah. should be his name. We could we could talk to him about it. Uh, fun because that was neither of the two men I had. I have the the runaway winner for me uh, is Roman Delize. Three, yes, yes. Fought three times, yep. three underdog cashes. Yep. I never bet on him, but yes, two plus 215 Kyle Dawkins. I bet on him twice. Dollars. I didn't bet the Kyle Dawkins one. Uh, plus 175 Jack Hermanson. I mean, guy's an absolute stud. I mean, Just he also animal. did that in the last six months of the year. I mean, yeah. like, come on. Three performance of the night bonuses. Just dude delivered time in and time out. I, I didn't join the Kyle Dawkins, but after the Dawkins one, that's when I got on the Delize bandwagon. Two underdog tickets cashed for me. And when you go 3-0 and and you're cashing underdog odds each of those times, that that's my winner. But the guy I thought you were going to take, even when you were giving the intro about how much you love this guy, it, yeah. it was Drew Dober. Oh, Drew Dober. Three. I mean, Drew Dober's a... I mean, fantastic year for him. Three and oh. Three and oh. Uh, all of them pretty tightly odds. You know, he was, I think, the favorite in all of them. Maybe he wasn't the favorite against Terrence McKinney, though it feels like he should have been if he wasn't. Uh, the McKinney one is obviously a little bit scary at moments, but, and frankly, so is chin Bobby Green. Up. Chin holds up. But you uh, can't crack that chin, that impossible chin of his. Yeah, so. I mean, Drew Dober is is simply unbelievable. I thought you were going to think, I thought you thought I was going to say Jack Della Maddalena because that was my other guy. I mean, three first-round finishes. JDM, always great. Any Anytime we can get Jilton Almeida and Jack Della Maddalena on a card, know that I will parlay them up. Know that I will oh. shamelessly parlay them up. I <laughs> don't care who they're fighting. Uh, another A couple other people that I want to make shout-outs to, some honorable mentions. I didn't get to capitalize on these, like just like I didn't get to capitalize on Roman Delice. Uh, let's head over to Invicta, shall we? Jillian DeCourcy, 2-0 in 2022, cashes as a plus 185 against Lindsey Van Zant, plus 325 against Jessica Delboni. Fantastic year for here. Let's head to Poland. Uh, good old Tommy Romanowski in KSW, 4-0, all playable lines. Minus 180, plus 180, plus 155, minus 140. I mean, just great stuff from him. LFA? Yeah, you can make oh, some profits on LFA. LFA. Chris Breezy, the future Brown, 3-1 in 2022, but when he did win, cashes as a plus 160, plus 165, 
plus 300 while becoming the LFA welterweight champ. Last but not least, you actually are probably familiar with this guy. I bet him a couple times in 2022. Saidi Busai, PFL, oh. 4-0, plus 120, plus 230, minus 105, minus 175. All those wins by decision, had you just been like, dude, I know this guy goes to decision. I'm just going to take all of him, all of his lines by decision in 2022. Plus 275. Plus 275 against Alex Shaken. Plus 600 against Roy McDonald. Plus 175 against Carlos Leal. Plus 200, Delano Taylor. I mean, unbelievable year for all of those people we just mentioned. Uh, I I love the diversity, you know, getting out down to the LFA and Invicta. That's oh KSW PFL. I mean, it ain't just UFC fighters cashing tickets these days. It's never Bellator. Bellator fighters only ever uh, lose money. They've uh, never won money for anybody alive. But elsewhere, great value. Yeah, if you're on Christian Eccles uh, against Pat Downey, congratulations. But uh, I'd like to see oh, that I ticket. Think. All right, next up. The sweatiest bet of the year. Um, for me, this bet was just so nasty and so disgusting. <laughs> and in perfect sweaty bet form, it didn't even end in a win. It ended in a draw. And that is Sean Woodson against Luis Saldana. I had him <laughs> in multiple parlays. He gets dropped. It looks like the fight's finished. And it's a legal knee by Saldana. They allow Sean Woodson to continue. He fights all the way back. They take the point from Saldana. We go to the judges' scorecards, and uh, sure enough, it's a draw. I mean, it was just one of the worst experiences of my life, those 15 minutes. Oh, man. That's, uh, when you started it, I thought, when you said the draw, because I, I didn't anticipate us talking Sean Woodson today. When oh, we're you talking said the draw, Sean Woodson. Yeah, when you said the draw, I was like, oh, this is going to be... Ankalai of Blahovich, because you've got the future ticket down. Here nah. it goes. The first three rounds were, were looking bad for Ankalai. It's tough. Uh, and and that would have also been a good one. But it, I, I love that now we're talking about Sean Woodson on this podcast. Damn right. Probably the first time of all time. <laughs> well, I talked about him pre-UFC 278 because I bet I on him. I guess. Uh, for me, this was the easiest easiest category by far. Uh Avid listeners may recall that I'm a big fan of the women's flyweight champion, Valentina Shevchenko, to, to an extent oh, yeah. that I decided yeah. to go all in <laughs> on Shevchenko. Only my, I made two all-in bets this year. The second one was Wiley Zhang of Carlos Barza. That, that was, was not sweaty. That was much easier. No sweat involved. Dry is what that bet was. Valentina Shevchenko versus Tyler Santos, however... There was a, a distinct period of that fight where I was questioning life choices. You know, when you get broke, you don't have oh, yeah. money and you start to think like, I shouldn't have spent that $20 on Chipotle three weeks yeah. ago. I could have gone home and made a sandwich. I was in that moment as I watched Tyler Santos all come as close as possible to beating this woman without quite getting it. I know some people thought it was a robbery. I don't. Maybe I don't yeah. because of all I invested. But yeah, we're easily. I think robbery is a tough call. When you saw Valentina Shevchenko move to plus odds live, that was when I got scared. I mean, that had to have been the most sinking feeling, knowing how much you had, and like she was what, like a minus seven hundred going into that fight. It 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 was a big number, um, big big number, and yeah, I I didn't like you know the first round she gets taken down, I'm like whatever. 
I started getting that sinking feeling in the second round when it happens again. I'm like, oh, this is replicable. It's not like one. It's not. Oh, Leon Edwards took Kamar Usman down in the first round. That's never yeah. going to happen again. It was. <laughs> oh, this can happen. Oh no! And then that third round, little iffy until the head kick, head butt situation. But we got there in the end, which makes it better. But I have not sweat ever. That is the most sweaty I've ever been in my history of gambling. Easily the sweatiest of the year. Oh, I I can only imagine. Uh, yeah, I didn't have that much exposure on Sean Woodson. He was just in a couple parlays, but yeah, going all in. And there's nothing worse than than taking a massive favorite and you're like super confident in him, and then you see that live line go to plus money. Whether it's in MMA, whether it's in in any other sport, it's just like, oh man, I messed. Yeah, <laughs> I mistakes were made. Uh, but we Mistakes survived, were made. and that's all that we matters. Survived. Like the Georgia Bulldogs, we survived. Yep. We survived. Uh, all right, next up, it is the robbery of the year. This was, you say the sweatiest bet of the year was your easiest category. This was my easiest Ooh. category. Real ones know when we talk about this one. It was G. Young Kim versus Priscilla mm. Cachuera. I was holding a minus 165 ticket. Uh, Outstrucker 170 to 102. It's a round-by-round scorecard, Connor. Oh, okay. First round of strikes are 31-18 by 13 strikes. Second round, 54-32 by 22 strikes. Third round, 85-52 by 33 strikes. She just got better as the rounds went on. And this was this was not one of those fights, Rob Font, Marlon Vero-esque, where it looked like G on Kim got hit by a car and Priscilla Cachoeira went for a light jog. Like They were both doing pretty heavy damage to each other. As it went to the scorecards, I was like, Pretty sure that's a 30-27 Kim. We'll go ahead and cash that ticket. That was an easy one. Uh, Gian Kim going into round three, minus 1,400. Priscilla Cachoeira, plus 800. Uh, and sure enough, unanimous decision, 29-28. Priscilla Cachoeira. I, that was like, when they said that scorecard, That was I was in disbelief. I was in shock. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, that was a great one. This is why I'm excited we did this, because... I get to think back on a bunch of fights that I otherwise I didn't have any action. That fight doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah. So I love the recap. I get to think back. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a thing that happened. And yeah, tough beat right there. Tough. It was tough, tough man. That was, that was like, uh, oh. And I hadn't looked at the stats or anything during the fight. And I was like, I swear Ji Young Kim won that fight. And then I go to the stats and I'm like, what? I'm like, what? Uh, it was disgusting. <laughs> So I uh do you have any honorable mentions? One honorable mention, it's not really a robbery, it's just a terrible beat. Having a Yuri Prohoshka light heavyweight champion uh, ticket and a Magomed Ankalaev light heavyweight champion. That, that's and the, neither of that's the worst beat. Neither of I've them losing heard. neither of them losing in 2022, both of them fighting for a title, and I somehow didn't cash either ticket. Yeah, that's that's one of the toughest beats of, of the year. For sure. Uh, I have one honorable mention. I'm going to throw it out to start. It's Jared Gordon, Patty Pimblett. One of yeah, the biggest robberies yeah. of the year. We talked about it before. Jared Gordon live for that one. I was on the Jared Gordon bet. I was strictly to fade Patty. And, you know, what's great about betting is it's not just that you win the money. Frankly, the money's ancillary. It's the feeling of just superiority, of I am smarter than everyone else. I am great and deserve this money. And buddy, I had that feeling of superiority. It's like, ah, 
I have been saying fade Patty because he's not very good, and now I have been paid off. Only I wasn't. <laughs> and so, yeah. you know, it was one of the bigger robberies of the year in general, and as I'm sitting there holding a Jared Gordon plus 210 ticket for that to come out the way it did, it it stung. I won't lie to you. It's it done. hurts, man. It hurts like those decisions, man. Like it just bad beats are just tough to swallow sometimes. Like whether it's decision, are. whether it's an over under missing by one second, like it just it hurts. It does, but it's not my robbery of the year. Again, went a bit of a different tr- tack on this one. I don't know if you recall this. It hasn't been in the news. Not a very big deal. At all, if we're being honest, like we could probably just never talk about it again and be cool. Uh, there was an Apex card in November. In that Apex card, you and myself, I believe, were on a young man uh, by submission. Uh, his name's Derek Minner. Uh, you might have forgotten because not a big deal, but Derek Minner, right before the fight, the line just gets nuked on him. The line on Shylan Nerdabieke, I'm sure I butchered that. Uh, by first round KO, balloons up, something rotten in Denmark because immediately Minner goes out. The first thing that lands, he's hurt, clearly came in, not in tip top shape. Uh, that's my robbery because, you know, it, throwing a bet <laughs> down when when all the facts are not apparent, that feels like a robbery to me. It's, Betting uh, without <laughs> all of the information. It's funny you say that uh, because that can actually be a bridge to our next category, the worst bet of the year, where I had an honorable mention of Derek Menner by submission because that bet was a loser before I even placed it. I was making a donation to the sports book when I placed that bet. Uh, And it's unfortunate, uh, but it was probably one of the worst bets I made. All year because of uh, James Krause. You just Krause. lit money on fire. Should, should so, it yes. be the James Krause Worst Bet of the Year Award? You know, I don't hate that. I don't yeah, I think hate, we're going to have to name naming the title there. Uh, yeah, I think we're going to have to name him after that. Yeah, that's a... Uh, is that your actual Worst Bet of the Year? No, my Worst Bet of the Year was uh, Saeed Nurmagomedov versus Cody Stamen. Uh, <laughs> felt great about this one. I took the over two and a half... Uh, and in classic Connor fashion, I parlayed up the over one and a half as well. Uh, I was feeling good into it, man. Saeed, seven of his last 10 had gone to a decision. Stamen, eight of his last nine. They're just going to wrestle. Uh, it's going to be great. It's going to go long. Uh, it was over in 47 seconds. Saeed guillotines him. I mean, it was just like, I was like, <laughs> I was like, damn. Damn. Just, I didn't even have time to get nervous about the over before it was... The fight itself was over. It was, uh, yeah, and I, I played that at minus money too. Both those, uh, yeah, just one oh, of the, see that's those are the bets that hurt. Oh yeah, one of the worst bets I made the entire year. Oh, see, man, I here, here's what you need to do. You because I think your worst bet of the year. I was thinking about this for both of us on this one. Mm. Your worst bet of the year, and it it folds in the Derek Minner situation. It's. Betting submission props. Oh, I was going to say, Jared Vandera by sub, uh, which one? It's funny you say Jared Vandera by sub because that is my worst bet of the year because I did it twice. <laughs> Two Me times too. Me I too. believed in this man to get a submission victory. We talked about it. He was 0 for 4 or 0 for 5 on the year, and I couldn't help myself but be like, he's fighting somebody who's really bad. 
and he's a black belt. And like I, Jay Sherman can't defend the grapples at all. All he's got to do is use that BJJ black belt. Nope. Nope. We've, just... We have watched Chase Sherman get choked out in the first round on several occasions. And Jared Vandera did not want to go to the ground with him. I, if I'm not mistaken, Jared Vandera is going to the regional scene. I bet his first fight, he gets a submission win. Oh, it's, it's going to be guaranteed. You want my lock of the year? Wherever Jan, Jared Vandera, we need to. I'm going to follow the Find career it. of Jared Vandera. Wherever he has his first regional fight, I pray it's in a big enough promotion that I can bet on it because I'll take Jared Vandera by sub again. I'll keep doing this until he decides to until use that black hits. belt of his. One of these days it'll hit. And it was, yeah, Jared Vandera was my runaway winner. I bet on him against Alexi Olenek. Not that I thought he'd submit him, but I was like, he's a BJJ black belt. He will be smart enough not to grapple with Olenek. Instead, Jared Vandera, Vandera is the guy who gives Olenek his 60th career win. Chase Sherman, Aldo Cortez Costa, just, I lost so much money, so stupidly believing in this man. I mean, easily, Jared, easily the worst bet of the year for me. Jared Vandera is just like, man, he fights at heavyweight. He doesn't have a knockout in three years. Like, it, oh man, he just presents like almost no danger at heavyweight. No, well, certainly not if he's gonna not gonna use that BJJ black belt, baby. So, all right, uh, that was it. That was uh, it. I will I show, mean, throw a shout out to yeah, please. TJ Dillashaw versus Aljamain Sterling. Uh, yeah. I know I was on Dillashaw. I feel like you were, if I remember correctly, as well. Nah, you were I was not on Sterling. You were on Sterling. Oh well, yeah. then yeah. Uh, Dillashaw, similar to the Minner situation, yeah. with a little bit less clear shenanigans going on mostly just a dumb dumb man doing a dumb dumb thing uh that that bet also like you said uh, it was a donation i didn't donation. know it was a donation at the time yeah, exactly but it was a donation so bet lost before you even placed it yeah my Tough. bet for my aljo bet cashed as soon as okay. i placed it i yeah. wish i had put more on it was it. the that's, best that's that was actually your best bet of the year I mean, that was just a mauling. I mean, it was just shouldn't even have gone to the second yeah, round. Unbelievable. So, uh, so that was the what year a that 2022 was. 2022 it was. What a 2022, man. And that's the best part about this sport. There's going to be so much crazy stuff that happens this year. Like it, this time next year, we're going to be talking about a lot of crazy things that happen. Bets, storylines, new champions, everything. I mean, it's going to be fantastic, which leads us to our third and final portion of the show. Uh, the futures bet section. I've I've got quite a few down. I've got one down in every division except for light heavyweight and women's bantamweight, though. I could be talked into adding something. Now, before uh, we get into this, I don't know if anyone has, if you've embarked on this futures journey before. I did it for my first time last, last year in 2022. These are mostly for fun. I had 12 last year. I hit one. Islam was the only one I hit. I went one and 11. But because of these payouts, it doesn't really matter. I finished down less than... A unit like it was like if down you hit one five five you hit two you're gonna win you hit two you're probably gonna win some money i mean that's that's how these things work but at the end of the day like you gotta just like as we say in almost all betting you gotta just do this thing for fun like you gotta have a fighter that you want to cheer on that future like, bets really believe. more so than any other bet it you, just you, you gotta just want to support money it. no this is this is about riding with a team and if it pays out it's like that much sicker like Every all my favorite bets in the history, like everyone's always just like, "What's your favorite bet you've ever cashed?" I'm always like, "X Y Z future." Whether it's Georgia winning the national championship last year, Kansas, 
uh, Tiger Woods Masters, Bayern Munich Champions League. Like it's almost always a future because I'm usually doing it with friends and it's usually really stupid and really fun. So, uh, yeah, I mean, have some fun. Don't go too crazy with the stakes. That's I don't think I have. I think I have like one future bet that's more than a unit. Yeah, I really did not go too crazy with the stakes on on these. I'm, throw, I'm just gonna throw a unit on every one of them. Just oh, say wow. screw it. <laughs> let's have fun, There's, man. All right, let's have some fun. Uh, let's get into it. Let's start at the top. Let's start with men's heavyweight. I've got three bets down in the men's heavyweight division. Uh, one of them I did get a good line on. I'll say that that it doesn't really do a ton for people. Um, the other two are still available out there. Can I guess one of them? Please. I feel very, very confident in saying Jailton Almeida uh, uh, at plus 6,500. It isn't. It isn't Jailton Almeida. So here's the thing. Here's the thing, man. What? These futures are only for a year. If it was just Jailton Almeida to eventually become champion, I'm smashing that with every dollar in my bank account. I can't believe you didn't throw just like a tenner. What's the timeline? What's the timeline to get there? Dude, it's heavyweight. It could be seven years or tomorrow. Who knows? Ah, man. There's just too many people smashed in front of him in a division that, like, how many times are we going to see a heavyweight championship fight this year? Twice? Two to three max. Well, I don't know. There could be interims. Who knows? Could be a bunch of interims. But interims don't count. we We are coming off of the light heavyweight belt being just thrown in the garbage and just here no it's your turn to fight for no it's your turn anything can happen anything can happen anything can happen i just don't love the timeline of uh of jail 10 eventually getting i'm excited to hear you three three futures down for this i only have one per division so so first one up is john jones plus 450 uh just had to get on a little action for that one i mean it's just it's too tempting not to will he come back I don't know. I have, I have no idea if he's going to do that. But you're essentially getting like one of the greatest fighters of all time at plus 450 if he does fight. And if he does fight and if he wins, there is a very strong chance that's it for 2023 for John Jones. Like, is he going to be rushing back to the octagon? Is he going to be looking to be super active? I don't know. This is more of a... If I see the fight get made, I'm going to be like, ooh, this is a nice ticket to have. This is a nice ticket to have. Uh, I was on it last year. You're also not getting that price anymore. It's 275 at uh, DraftKings right now. Okay, so I will say, since we don't have any sponsorship obligations, I also use BetOnline and Bovada, Uh, uh, sports, super books, sports book or whatever in New Jersey also also offers them. Uh, Yes, I took this one on BetOnline. That's where I I took plus 450. is it still that at that number there? Yeah, on BetOnline, it's it's still sitting at plus four fifty. Nice, gotta do gotta do your line shopping for oh. uh, for futures, eh? If I'm anything, I am a line shopper. Shout out to Best Fight Odds and FightOdds.io. Uh, had to do it manually for this one, but yes, John Jones is uh, that is my my first one. Uh, well, let, let just hit us with both the others because I only have one, and I. I kind of feel like I'll be surprised if you take it. Uh, the second one, uh, I don't. I think you can still get this line. Sergey Pavlovich plus eight hundred heavyweight division. What's he sitting at on on DraftKings right now? He's at six fifty on DK. All right, so not too far off. Uh, I mean, he's ranked third in the division. He's only behind Cyril Gaon and a dude in Stipe Miocic who hasn't fought in a while. He's just bludgeoning everyone. I mean, like he is a terrifying man. Uh, 
His range, his user range is unbelievable. I feel like he can beat anyone in the heavyweight division. Will he get the shot? I don't know. That's that's the tough part about a lot of these bets. Will he get the shot? That's all you want in a future bet is for them to get a shot at the heavyweight title. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Sergey Pavlovich, though. Plus this one, I I considered him. I ultimately went another way, but... So you just I, went one for each division? I just division. went one for each division. I didn't want to... I don't want to get too much down because I've I've got one in every division, so I didn't really want to have yeah forty units down in future. Yeah, so these yeah these are these are all half unit bets, nothing too crazy. Yeah. Uh, and this was a line that Bet Online posted that this was the one that I mentioned beforehand that you just aren't going to be able to get. I did mention it on the MMA Hour when it was out there. I, I said that I liked it. It's Cyril Gone at plus eight fifty. I don't know why they posted it. This wow, the, that is a dumb number. Uh, yes. That would have been my choice at that price. Oh, you! Ha- I like. I like rush to take that. He's the number one ranked heavyweight in the world. I mean, I would still consider playing him at like a plus three hundred or whatever he's at right now. Plus three is what he currently sits at on DK. I mean, he's the number one ranked heavyweight in the world. His only loss on his career is to the current champion. Like, I feel confident if he gets a shot, he can beat anybody in the world. Like, he is one of the most athletically sound, like gifted heavyweights. Uh. But it's just the heavyweight division is just tough, man. I just I just don't know what's gonna happen there. It is tough. Uh Cyril Gone at plus eight fifty would be my favorite future, probably of all. It of actually them. is my it is my favorite future that I have down. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. Uh plus three hundred, I still don't hate if you're playing it. But I I tried to I tried to scope it out, Connor. I tried to I want to hear it. I like these here. long shots that you're taking. Here's what's going to happen. I'm on a long shot. Also, shout out to, I don't know about the other ones, but you can bet on anybody basically in the heavyweight yes. DraftKings. And I respect that they will let you throw money at plus 50,000 on Parker Porter. To be the it's just like, there's ones that I read that I was just like, donation, donation. Like this they is know, just like, you are giving money doing. away. Maybe there somebody a, will give them money for there free. There is a zero like zero chance that almost all of those happen. Yeah, none of none of these people. But shouts to the line. You can dream, and that's good. Here's what's going to happen. Connor, I don't know if you've been paying attention, but uh, yep. UFC President Dana White been in the news this week. Oh, has he? I didn't see. Yeah. Oh, we're not going to talk about that. That's not what we're here about to, to focus on. But I think that that creates an opportunity where – We've got some bad news we'd like to move past. You know what the best way to move past bad news? Big, exciting, fun news. I am positing, suggesting, postulating that this week or next week, we are going to get the announcement, Francis Ngannou versus John Jones. Ngannou has re-signed with the UFC. They're finally going to make that fight happen. Maybe it's uh, International Fight Week feels a little like the timeline that they might want the most, but it could be a little sooner. We're going to have that. Those two are going to fight. I'm going to pick Francis Ngannou, but not here nor there. Cyril Gan, maybe he fights Sergei Pavlovich. He might. Could happen. But I'm going to say that he's going to fight the best heavyweight in the world, the unsung, uncrowned champion of this division, Curtis Razor Blades. Right, they will right. fight. Blades will defeat Gan with his wrestling t- attacks, at which point, he becomes undeniable. He's one too many. He's too high ranked. 
and he you just run it back with him and Francis Ngannou or him and John Jones at the end of the year, plus 1,400 right now. He is maybe not the most likely to get the title shot this year, but at that big price, I was trying to pick, for all of my futures, I tried to pick guys that were one win away from a title shot, two wins at that's most. That's what you got to do. Yes, because that's what you got to do. You can't be guaranteed that there are three title fights coming up in the weight class. Curtis Blades is one win away. Now, he gets that win, he may have to wait for a while because who knows what Stipe's doing, Pavlovich is on the rise, et cetera, et cetera. But he is undeniably, if he gets one win away, he should be fighting for the belt in his next one whenever that comes. And so plus 1,400, he's the biggest number of guys who I think have a realistic chance of getting to a title fight. And he also is the guy I think has the best chance to win against any of the guys above him. So Curtis Blades plus 1,400, that's my heavyweight play. Bam. I love it. Uh, Moving on to light heavyweight. I got nothing here. Oh, let me. You gonna sell me on something? Let me sell you on something here, Connor. Dream with me. I'm dreaming. Look, you you're a man with magma ankle eye. I've taken it for 2022. Rob didn't get cash. It's a shame. Not Rob, but close to Rob. Feels bad. We can't bet on him this year. No, even though I 50. think he's the best light heavyweight in the world, we can't bet on him because he's not getting a title fight in his next fight. They're gonna make him win one, and they might make him win two because Dana White seemed very very unhappy with that man. We know. We know for a fact, for certainty, that Glover Teixeira is going to fight Jamal Hill this yeah. month, just a couple yeah. of weeks. Uh, Jamal Hill is plus 300 for champion. Shocking, because he's not very good. So I would not bet on Jamal Hill plus 300 to be champion by the end of the year. Glover Teixeira, however, plus 800. Plus 800. 800. Former champion. Went hammer and tongs with the uncrowned champion, Yuri Prohashka, was seconds away from defeating Yuri Prohashka to retain his title. Look, there's the concern that maybe Glover wins at UFC Brazil and then just retires, just says, I'm going out on top with the belt. I do think he's going to win that fight. I think he's going to fight one more time. It will either be against Yuri Prohashka in a rematch with Prohashka coming back off injury if he can get back in time, or he is going to fight... Jan Blahovich slash my guess is that we're going to get Blahovich Anthony Smith next because Anthony Smith didn't get to fight Jamal Hill. They are not going to do Uncle Live any favors. My assumption is that Blahovich is going to fight Anthony Smith sometime early this year or early summer. That will determine the next fighter to face to share versus Hill winner. Glover obviously already beaten both of those men plus 800. I'm taking the shot on Glover Teixeira, light heavyweight champion. I don't mind that. I don't mind that because uh, I think he's going to beat Jamal Hill, and if he gets I a rematch with Jan, he's beating Jamal Hill with Jan Blahovich. I think he, uh, I think he might win that one as well, uh, and that'll be it for the year. I just cannot envision he's not a fighting world where three. He's, there's no way. I think he's fighting two at most, plus eight hundred, like. Yuri plus three thirty. I can't take that because I just don't know. I don't know when if he's, he's coming back. At. Jamal Hill, I just can't trust a plus 300 like in a fight that is going to close at minus 110, minus 110. Jan and Magomed, like I just don't know their trajectory back to the title shot. Are they going to get there in the year? Is Yuri going to come back? It's it's a division of uncertainty. I wish we knew more about Alexander Rakic because plus 2,500 is tasty on him. But It's a good timeline. line. I'm concerned with his timeline as well. 
I just I, don't know how I get there. I avoided, there. Uh, for the same reason I avoided Tommy Aspinall, I'm not trying to be around people who may be out for most, if not all of the year. So, yeah, because you just don't want to. Like, I took Valentina Bantamweight last year, and it's just like it's a cool theory. And like, when rumors swirl, it's it's fun. But if a fight never gets made, then it's just like, damn, you never was, even have the option. Yeah, this was pointless. I like that, man. I think if I was going to make a wager on light heavyweight, it would be Glover to, Glover Teixeira. Maybe uh, I can get talked into that. Look, maybe I throw maybe I throw a quarter unit on it to think win. Think about uh, it. Put it on, see how it feels, you know, walk around in it. Maybe it's for you, maybe it's not, but... Are we just going balls to the wall on, on Glover for UFC Brazil? Uh, I am definitely betting... Uh, I mean, I've already Glover. bet I've already bet him. I don't, what I I'm don't saying have any is, bets down, but yes. What I'm saying is, do I do I put a future in on Glover and then I'm just... I'm I team think, team Teixeira for, for 283. I think, because here's the thing. I, I'm a big proponent of fading old people. You hear me say all the time, this guy's old. Don't bet on the old I know, you guy. fucking hate old people. I hate old people when it comes to fist fights. But Glover appears to not be old. I don't, like... If you had told me going into the Prohashka fight, he would take a bunch of shots from your Prohashka, but still just be in it, I would have been like, that's insane. <laughs> like... Uh, you you've seen what Yuri does to people. You saw how Dominic Cruz died when Yuri touched him. Like Glover is four hundred years old, and yet <laughs> Dominic he, Reyes. Yeah, what? There you go, Reyes. Did I say? I'd Cruz? love to see. Yeah, I'd love to see Yuri <laughs> Cruz. That'd be a great. I would fight. love to see that too. Uh, but yeah, you know, like Glover appears the the rules of of aging don't appear to matter to him. He his struggles have not been that his chin is is shot because he's old. So it's like, well, why why, why plan on that now? I'm gonna you can believe stop, in the man. You can stop selling because right next to my face is the bet slip for DraftKings Sportsbook. Locked Let's it in go. plus eight hundred. I'm gonna find a way to get a women's bantamweight down too. So I got something and everything. Uh, I don't little, have a great sell for you on that one. Quarter unit to win two units on Glover Teixeira. We are Team Teixeira for Rio de Janeiro. Let's keep it rolling on to the middleweight division. So I have one bet. Line is gone. I hate that that happened. These lines dropped like two and a half weeks ago. I know it does nothing for any of you. I feel bad giving them out. People are like, this does nothing for me. I know that, but it's just the bet that I have. So I want to I wanna discuss with you a different a different route I'm taking. The bet that I do have down is uh, one that I don't even know if it's going to hit. Hamzat Shemaev plus 1100. I felt that, <laughs> that felt that was is. a fair price. The line is I don't know how he's plus 250 when he has never fought at middleweight in the UFC. Yes. Oh, he has. I'm yeah, sorry. His second there I one, go. Or, one, one of that early stretch was a middleweight. There I go. Um, the Gerald Mearshart was at middleweight. Gerald Mearshart right. was a middleweight. You're right. How many times has this guy fought a middleweight? Two, three? I mean, it's a, it's one or two. And then that depends on how you feel about the 108 or 90 or whatever pound catch weight it was. Yes. I'm a, so I'm a Hamzat Shemaev fan. I am a big fan of his. So I like immediately when these lines dropped, I played him middleweight and welterweight. Uh, I took plus 400 welterweight. I think it's now plus 450, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Just because I don't, I have a hard time seeing a world where Hamza Shemaev doesn't fight for a title in 2023. Like it's, I it's don't time. believe that that's cool. I, I would be absolutely stunned if he didn't fight for a belt in 2023. 20, uh, but I can't, at, certainly at this plus 250 price, there's no chance in hell I'm taking that. That's no, you a, can't. That's I a know. very dumb number. 1,100 gets a little tastier. 
I don't think it's going to happen at, at middleweight though, because I'm probably with you. Like, why? Why is he? Why is it's he such a? Because he called out, dude, and because if he fought Alex Pereira, he would. Because it, the true answer is Israel Edition and Alex Pereira, he would be favored over, and those are the two guys most likely to have the belt, and maybe he could sneak his way in. But that's I don't think that's going to happen. Rumors are circulating. Hearing some rumblings out there, Israel Adesanyam may not be next up for Alex Pereira. Now, that <laughs> is very, very, very suspect. Could entirely be a lie. Could be, you know, misdirection. But Tell me if thinking. he is, I would still pick Alex Pereira to win that rematch. I picked him to win this fight the first time. I'd pick mm-hmm. him to win the rematch. think he's just got Izzy's number. They're saying that Robert Whitaker you know, might be the guy who gets in instead of Izzy, depending on timelines. Again, this is not a report. This is just rumors I'm hearing on the internet streets. If that happens, I've come around. At first, I thought I would take Pereira to beat Whitaker. Thought about it some more. I would take Bobby Knuckles to beat Alex Pereira in that fight. Uh, If that happens next, Bob's your uncle. Bobby Knuckles is the champion. Maybe he just doesn't fight again in the whole year. Maybe he just sits the whole rest of the year out. He's your champion. If that fight isn't next, if it is Pereira Adesanya, I think Pereira is going to beat that. And at that point, Robert Whitaker is going to get the next title fight. He's going to get the first crack at Pereira, the defined champion. And I'm taking him to win. Bobby Knuckles is plus 700. I think he's got a really good shot at being champion by the end of the year, despite not being better than Israel Adesanya. I think that he's got a very good chance at this. So give me Bobby Knuckles plus 700. I don't mind that. I don't. Oh, man. What if Alex Pereira is just the champion at the end of 2023? That wouldn't shock me either, but uh, you're going to notice a recurring theme here. Uh, I don't have a lot of bets that aren't huge numbers. Yeah, I'm going to have the way to do. I don't really want like a plus 120 or whatever. That doesn't feel. I did take one of those. I have one low number bet. Me too. Uh, a plus one sixty five is the lowest I have, but Pereira's plus two fifteen, and that feels like an awful bet because he is he has such such defined weaknesses that I just don't know how you could feel confident in Pereira. I'm kind of the same way. You don't know what Hanzat's going to do. Honestly, I'm bet online right now. Izzy's plus two hundred, but like you said, you think you think uh, Pereira wins that. That rematch. Whitaker plus 700 is the best you're going to get across the board. I mean, that might be the best like value. I mean, he's an unbelievable fighter. It's I th- just... I think it's the best. That's it. Exactly. I think it is it is the best value in my head. That's where I'm at. Because he he and Adesanya are the best two fighters. Izzy's price is 150. Whitaker's is 700. Give me the, give me the 7 over the 150, you know? Say Izzy beats Alex Pereira. Do you think they do... Adesanya Whitaker three. No, I think if Izzy beats Pereira, that's when you look at like, okay, maybe Chimaev does get his his chance here at middleweight. Maybe they go to Drikus Duplessis, who's surging. You know, I know he's got a fight booked, but maybe now we're he, really talking. Yeah, maybe he comes up. Uh, if Izzy beats Pereira, if they do do the rematch and Izzy beats Pereira, that's when you can look at some of these bigger underdogs here, some of the big priced people. The Jukas Duplessis, the 
Andre Muniz, you know, like those guys who maybe they finally get their shot. Uh, but if he, maybe that doesn't happen. Maybe as he just says, I'm going up to lay a heavyweight. There's a lot of, a lot of uncertainty. So give me the best fighter at the best price. That's my thought. All right, let's move on to men's welterweight. I already mentioned my Hamza Shmaev plus 400 ticket. Right now you can get him for plus 450 on DraftKings Sportsbook. And he's ranked third in the division. I think he's probably the best welterweight. Uh, 2023, title shot time. Time to get Hamza out of belt. Do you only have the one for welterweight? No, <laughs> I have two more. Two <laughs> well, sprinkles have, on bigger numbers. I have a very important question for you, Connor. And Please. Do Wolfpack wagers count for future bets? Because I myself am on Hamza Chemaev at plus 450 for all the reasons you said, because he's the best welterweight in the world, and this is finally the year he's going to do it. Like Islam Makachev before him, it's time for Dagestan to, to rise up. Here we go. Chechnya, whatever. Same, same. Chechnya. Yeah. Same, same. Yeah. So. I mean, that's what I'm riding with. Uh, did you pose a question to me? I'm sorry. I, I did. It was do Wolfpack wagers count for? I'm for sorry. I just bets? I just got a very important uh, thing pop up on my phone. I completely zoned out. I'm just I'm not even going to beat around the bush. Someone just sent me something that I needed to read immediately. Uh, we're leaving this in though because we're transparent people. And we're that's a transparent what we did. podcast. It's okay. What are your other two uh, sprinkles that you have here? Wolfpack wager bet, though. I'm going to bet riding with the wolf. JDM. No, I wish. I wish. There's just not the timeline there. There's just no shot. He's he's just not going to get the title shot. My other one actually just took a hit with the cancellation. I took Shavkat Rachmanov at plus 1,200. I was hoping hoping he was going to run through Jeff Neal. Then we're getting him a top five That's probably the best value of all of them. Mm, I was really really hoping we could really skyrocket this kid in 2023, but... Losing that Jeff Neal fight hurts because we were going to first card of the year. Like you're talking Chavkot's fighting three times in 2023, maybe around November, December. It's it's for a title. Interesting. Interested to see what he what he does now. I don't love it as much now that that Jeff Neal fight is off. I was kind of creating a plan in my head. And then the last one, it's a, it's still available on Bet Online right now. Bilal Muhammad plus 1600. Uh, just kind of feels a little it's bit a disrespectful. Number. It's a big I mean, price. Nine, Nine fight on beaten streak. He's fourth in the division. He stays active. He's fought six times in the last two years. I mean, he's I, training I, with Habib now, you know. Yeah, I mean, I really think there's a there's a real chance he gets a title shot in in 2023, depending on what happens in, within the division. I I will say that that is a big number. Uh, I don't like Jeff think, Neal is plus like 1400 on. Yeah, that's Jeff. That that's why it's a big number, but. I don't think Bilal Muhammad's getting a title fight. I think Bilal Muhammad is going to have to win seven more fights to, well, to earn a title fight. Wow. Uh, all right. So, what did you, what was your bet for welterweight? Shemaya plus 450. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. I'm, I'm fully back locked in now. Thank you. Love it. Uh, all right. Let's roll on to the men's lightweight division. I have two very tiny sprinkles because. I have a feeling on who's going to be the champion at the end of 2023. And I believe it's going to be Islam Makashev. So, uh, so do I. <laughs> can I play minus 225 on a year-long bet? That's the problem with that bet, is I believe he's going to be the champion, but minus 200 can't do that. 
can't do can't that. do minus two hundred on a on a bet that I have to sit on for an entire year. What I did do, the smallest, like I'm talking smaller than a little fiver, because I do think Islam is going to be the champion. Armin Sarukian, mm. I, I snagged him at plus five thousand. Did the same did- thing with Faziv. Maybe we get a rematch, yes! Armin. You grab Fazeev. Fazeev is my pick, plus four thousand, <laughs> baby. Let's let, let, go. Let's, let's get let's get Fazeev Benil early in the year. Winner gets Islam after Perth. Boom, boom. You just you just lined it up right there. You're welcome, there. Sean Shelby. You're welcome, Dana White. We did your jobs for you. I uh, I didn't bet Armin because well, for several reasons, but it's. I have some concerns about Armin. His last two performances have uh, cooled me on him a little bit. Not a ton. Still think this guy's going to be a future champion, but he's he's got to develop a killer instinct that he doesn't have in him right now and a more varied striking game. But I don't think we're going to get uh, Fazeev um, Dariush. I think we're going to get Fazeev Sarukian. I think that's going to be next. Oh, nice. Nice. I'm, uh, I'm down for that. I think I think Fazeev is just the guy who no, people aren't talking about enough as maybe the best of this crop of rising contenders, and stylistically he matches up the most interesting with me for for Makachev. Such a good defender of takedowns. I know Islam brings a whole different world in that regard than you know RDA, but Fazeev is so strong at it and a dangerous striker. Plus four thousand, he's knocking on the door, man. It's lightweight, so it takes forever. But you get Fazeev versus Sarukian. Then you get Fiz- in the summer, you know, sometime you get Fazeev versus Oliveira or Gaethje or Poirier, one of those guys. Then we're talking end of the year, Fazeev for the belt, plus 4,000. It's a big number. Give me that all day long. Is he going to win? Probably not. It's probably going to be Islam Makhachev oh, yeah. retaining the belt. This was by far the most value bet of any of them, just because I think gun to my head Makachev champion no yeah. questions asked but you're asking me to bet uh, to make a year-long investment in minus 200 that's insane Category. yeah i can't i i can't do it even even if i do feel good about it cashing um next up the men's featherweight division now did you say you you couldn't get a men's featherweight DraftKings does not have featherweight options up right now i'm not really sure i why. wonder i wonder if that's a state thing because i'm looking at it right now oh are you well, that's yeah. weird because I I do not have it in front of me. Let me refresh, but it, it jumps straight from lightweight to bantam. So, Alexander um, Volkanovsky minus one sixty five, Josh Emmett yeah, plus four. I don't have it. That's super weird. Wow. Yeah, Rodriguez plus four fifty, Arnold Allen plus eight hundred, Ilya Taboria plus fourteen hundred. Well, I have the bet I want to make. So tell me what the odds are because I'm riding with my boy Arnold Allen. Been a Arnold big, Allen. Been a sitting big at plus almighty man. Plus eight. Oh, I- Plus eight hundred, yes. Love the price too. Been a big almighty fan. I thought he got robbed of getting the title, the interim title Ooh. fight. Absolutely should have gotten the interim title fight over uh, Josh Emmett, but you know, things happen. We're gonna get that interim title fight. Volkanovski's obviously going on. If Volkanovski wins, he's gonna drop the featherweight belt. Lightweight's got too much going on. Uh, if he doesn't, he's coming back. He's gonna fight the winner of that. Arnold Allen's gonna have to fight somebody at featherweight. Uh, maybe. You just do the Max Holloway fight. Either way, I've been a big Arnold Allen guy for years. Unsung hero of this division. One of the very best guys in the world, I think, uh, regardless of weight class. So give me Arnold Allen at plus 800. Love that. Bet online, you can get him for plus 1,200 right now. 
I kind of I kind of okay. like that. I kind of like that. Right right now, I'm riding with something on on DraftKings Sportsbook. It's uh, Ilya Taporia plus fourteen hundred. This is kind of similar to the Islam bet. Like I sort of feel like Volk is going to lose to Islam and then defend oh, yeah. the featherweight title. What, what's is what's Volk's price though? Minus one sixty five. Yeah, I'm not laying that. It's almost not, it's an identical situation. Yeah, it, it really is almost an identical situation. I think Volk is probably going to be the champion at the end of 2023. He'll lose to Islam. Volk stays active, but I could probably see just one. I mean, man, man, yeah. I mean, that's the tough part. I mean, what if what if Volk loses to Islam? He gets the winner of Yair Josh Emmett, and then he's done for the year. I mean, there's a, there's a I'm 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 hoping for high activity. I know he wanted, it felt like he wanted to fight more in 2022. He only got the two in, but a lot of that was him campaigning for the lightweight thing. I'm hoping this happens. He he gets this out of his system. He realizes that, oh, there's a weight class for a reason I've lost. And then he comes back and he wants to rip through him again. And he's like, all right, let me beat up Yair Rodriguez. He beats up Yair Rodriguez, uh, at which point, all right, I need the new, I need the new guy. It's Arnold Allen up next. My honestly, my bigger concern would be that Yair Rodriguez somehow beats Volk because then they're just gonna run that fight back. Like there's no chance if Volk loses his featherweight that he doesn't get an immediate and then Allen doesn't even get a shot at it. But I think he's gonna get his day in the sun this year. I love it, dude. I mean, that would be I, I have to get in at this plus twelve hundred number now that we're talking about it. It's a big if number. Arnold Allen gets a title shot. I do not want to be standing there with my hands in my pockets, not supporting my guy. Cause I, yeah, I am right. also an almighty guy. Like, I mean, he's just, I just like the guy. He's just fun to cheer for. He's man of the people. Get some Tesco's, you know, dude, meal deals, baby. It's all about the meal deals. It's all about the meal deals. All right, let's keep it rolling. Just a few more divisions to go. The men's bantamweight division. Uh, curious to hear what you have. Oh, oh, this one. I think this is the one I'm the happiest with. Marlon Vera plus nine hundred, <laughs> plus nine hundred for Chito Vera. Look, Aljo is apparently going to fight Henry Cejudo. I hate it; it's the dumbest fight of all time. But whatever, here we are. We're doing it. Um, when that happens, you anticipate that Sean O'Malley is going to get the next crack. Seems likely. Marlon Vera is about to stick his foot in Corey Sandhagen's face violently, as he is wont to do. Uh, at which point, Vera, right on the cusp of a title shot. Two scenarios I see here. Either Vera just has to wait for a while, but he finally gets his chance, or Sterling beats Cejudo, vacates the belt, says, I'm moving up, I'm chasing featherweight glory, uh, it's too hard to make the weight cut. The UFC books Sean O'Malley versus Marlon Vera for the vacant title, because wow. that's the biggest fight they can make in the division. I, mean, I love that. It's the biggest, it's frankly, maybe the biggest fight they can make that doesn't involve Conor McGregor from an interest and view standpoint. O'Malley Vera for the title in the summer. That's, I'm calling my shot here with that. And uh, yeah, give me Vera. Already beat him once. Think he does it again. Love me some Cheeto. Plus 900. Let's go, baby. Wow. I mean, I love that because like, if you're going to support a guy, you want to support Cheeto. Uh, your whole plan just shook me to my core. Uh, oh, no. Because currently on Bet Online, the current champion, Aljamain Sterling, is going at plus 250. Now, here's my path that I wrote up. He fights Cejudo, he wins, he stays at bantamweight, and he fights the number one contender, Sugar Sean O'Malley. 
who I think is a positive stylistic matchup for Aljamain Sterling. Some, some have said, some have suggested. Uh, I think he wins that, and then he's done for 2023. I, I would not feel good about Aljo. Not you think he goes to featherweight? I, I now that you say the second I you said that, that, I was like, it is man, what very, if he leaves for? It feels Rahab? very unlikely to me that he is a is the bantamweight champion by the end of the year, because I've pitched this to him from last year. I was saying this. Uh, he, in my mind, he should have fought O'Malley next. He should have said, "I'm going to fight Sean O'Malley," and then he fights O'Malley, he beats O'Malley, and he does. What Habib did, it's the smartest move for him to say, I'm leaving. I'm done with this weight class, too hard, et cetera. Here's my buddy, Marab Valishvili, top yeah. five guy. He's the next champion. Give him the vacant title shot. And you do that. Uh, I think That would be an admirable move, I have to say. That would be an incredibly admirable move. It's not just like, that. It's just good business. That's what I'm saying. But if you're tasting gold, it's tough to give up. But... I, I, he has talked about not being able to make like this weight is tough for him. He wants to pursue it. I don't think him he if he stays at Bantamweight, he will lose sooner rather than later. The division is simply too good, but he can go out on his terms in a really big way. And I thought he should that should have been his plan with the amount. He's going to fight Cejudo. He may or may not beat Cejudo. If he doesn't beat it, Stern, then he's not the champion by the end of the year. If of he does. I actually agree. I think there's a very high likelihood that he fights Sean O'Malley next. He certainly should. It's a great matchup for him. I just, it would surprise me. Not shock me, but I would be surprised if Sterling was the champ, not because he lost it, but because he didn't choose to vacate it because it seems like that's what's coming for him. He Marab is not going to wait forever. At some point, you got to give your boy a chance. Is there a world Marab goes to flyweight? Uh, he seems far too large to do that to me, but I don't. I also thought that Jose Aldo was too big to go to bantamweight, and so who who knows? But uh, there, I would not feel confident couple, in Sterling. There are a couple books out there that have Marab Davalashvili listed under their flyweight, uh, their flyweight bets. I'm trying to navigate that right now. Hmm. Can't yeah. find it, but uh, yes, there are a couple books that have had Marab there, and it's just like. That feels like a waste. That feels like yes. a waste of money. Yeah, that, um, I would not feel confident in that amount of that bet. Uh, well, I can't cash out this bet, so I have to ride it. I'm riding with uh, with the current champion, Aljamain Sterling. Uh, my plan, I'm cool with. I'm cool with my plan. I think there's a very high likelihood he fight, only fights twice this year. So I'm with you on that. It, it, it's really it about getting past the It's largely a question of whether he... If he gets by Cejudo, I he is gonna fight Sugar Sean next, and he should win that fight. So it's it's just a question of if he gets by Cejudo, and then if he decides to hold the belt, and maybe he holds the belt until next year, and says I'm going to vacate this, but I'm gonna hold this title for whatever because he's using it as leverage to get a featherweight title shot. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Man, Volk Aljamain, that would be a uh, fun be fight. Sweet. Be fun ass sweet. fight. Uh, all right, let's move on to men's flyweight. I have uh, a couple bets down. One similar to the Glover, not as big of a number, but right now on Bet Online, you can get Brandon Moreno at plus 350. Um, I mean, he's in a pick em fight for the belt in two weeks, just like, just Man, like Glover. Man, that's a Tichero way better is. price. Uh, it's available. It's sitting there right now. 
I well, I don't want to be double exposed because I'm on Brandon Moreno plus one sixty five. Oh so wow, we are lockstepped here. Uh, this was a really simple one for me. I I think he's the best flyweight in the world. I just kind of do. I uh, I think I probably agree with you. I watched him fight Kakara France. I thought going into that fight he was. I know he's got a kick was disgusting to my guy. Absolutely savage. I know he's got a couple losses to pants. I know Figueredo almost beat him that one time with the draw uh, and did beat him in the rematch. That fight was razor close. If you had scored it for for Moreno, I don't think you're wrong. Uh, I think Figgy is getting older. Moreno is hitting his peak, improving time in and time out. I think he's just the best dude in the division, unless we're talking Demetrius Johnson. So plus 165, he's going to get a chance to fight for it. And then if he if he beats Figueredo, maybe they run back a fifth, which honestly I wouldn't even hate. It'd be fun, but I'd still pick him to win that. And if not, he's probably getting Alejandro Pantoja and feel good about Moreno beating Pantoja, even well, with the losses to him. Well, that's where it goes. That's where it goes for me. I my second bet down is Alejandro Pantoja plus four hundred because even if Brandon Moreno doesn't get it done against Figueroa, I feel as if Pantoja is is next in line for the title shot. I mean, the dude's the dude's resume is is pretty serious. Like if if you if you do count the Ultimate Fighter, he's got two wins over number one Brandon Moreno, a win over number three Kai Kara France, a win over number four Brandon Royval. A win over number six, Alex Perez. A win over number eight, Matt Schnell. And a win over number nine, Manel Cobb. I mean, it's one three straight. Last time out against Alex Perez, he made it look easy. Feel like he is likely going to get the shot. And if it's a... What's the price you got him at? Plus 400, I think that's okay, what it's sitting that's at what on DraftKings right now. At DraftKings, yeah. So, a perfect world. Brandon Moreno wins. Fights a second time this year. Brandon you, Moreno. You've got Alejandro Moreno Pantoja. and Pantoja tickets. Yeah. Give me the trilogy. You're Give me the trilogy. There. That would be uh, that would be pretty sweet. Uh, moving on to the women's bantamweight division. I want to I want to throw one out here. Oh please, yes. I don't yeah, have yeah. the bet. This was the other one uh, I strongly considered, and I may still take the shot because yeah? I might not be able to. Tell me. The price is simply too big. It's plus thirty five hundred for Muhammad Makayev. I I have yeah, stepped back on Makayev some. I'm yeah, super high on him. Still very high. Three and zero in 2022. He lacks a killer instinct, which is a a big problem if we're being real. Like you really, really need to have that. But we are still talking about a dude who's ranked in the top 15, who is going to get pushed to the moon. The injury probably makes it entirely not not plausible. But and that's why I ultimately didn't put it at. But plus 3,500, still a big one for a guy who in a division that's fairly thin could just be a couple wins away. I just wanted to throw it out. I'm not on You're it. You're not wrong. I just wanted to throw it You're out. You're not wrong. It's the worry of the timeline. Is the timeline yeah. there? Are we going to be able to get there? The I'm timeline's already eyeing, the big problem. 2024, I've already got my eyes. Give me Jelton Almeida. Give me a Jack Della oh, Madalena. Give me a Bo Nickel. Give me a Muhammad Mohaev. Yeah. 2024 is going to be a great year for the futures. It's at least going to be fun. I can I can guarantee Electric you that. Electric year. I'm going to stay away from Mahayev, but you are right. He's going to get pushed, it, and he he seems to be active as well. Yeah, it it he's very active. It's just going to be a matter of the timeline. I mean, it's not just there are plenty of other factors, but it's why I didn't take it. But 3,500 is a big number. Is all I'm saying. All right, UFC women's bantamweight division. Give me your future ticket. 
I forgot you don't have one. I don't have anything to sell you here. I'm I'm just gonna be real with you because you're not you don't want what I have. It's I not don't fun, think I do. It's Valentina Shevchenko. It's Valentina Shevchenko ah, plus seven hundred. Was on this last year. You don't want it for the exact reasons. This year wasn't fun. Very well may not happen. Very, Very well, well may not. not happen. But I'm not going to bet Amanda Nunes at minus two fifty. No even way. Though she's going to be the champion. This feels like the year you do Shevchenko Santos too, maybe or or maybe Shevchenko Manofiro. She's going to hold that belt. We're on, that's fine. And then you just sort of have to run it back. I think this is the year she gets a chance. Does she beat Amanda Nunes? I don't know. Maybe not. Probably not. I kind of feel like there was a time when I would have said yes. I'm feeling a little more like that's not likely to happen. There's also maybe the outside chance Nunes hangs it up. Nunes defends against Ketlin Vieira or something and she walks away, says, I've done all I need to do in this sport. At that point, I'm I'm feeling a lot better about the ticket double, if that happens. Double champ Chevy at that point. At that point feels like the Chevy truck, the bullet train, riding all day. So plus 700, I just think this year she is finally going to get the champ champs shot. And at that big a number, when they when she fights him, if she fights Amanda Nunes this year, it's she's not going to be a plus seven hundred underdog. So give no me, shot. Give me this little extra here. You're you're I basically betting plus 700 I did this last year plus 700 for a fight to get announced yeah it's the and same thing I'm doing with John Jones it's exactly. like plus 450 for me to have plus 450 on one of the best fighters to ever live just mm-hmm. like Valentina Shevchenko one of the best women's fighters to ever live uh, and there's just fucking nobody else nobody, to put a bet nobody. on who, who, am I, who am I gonna take Panny Kianzad at plus 5,000 or something like come on Misha Tate plus 25,000 mm. Great, great bet, great bet. Nothing to do in this weight class. Also, I don't have I don't have the numbers in front of me. They fight so few bantamweight fights that like yeah. they're they're like ten a year at this yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just like it just doesn't happen. And I'm pretty sure how many title fights have there been in the last two years? Like three. Oh, just like none. I I was looking this up. I legitimately think that there were f- that the top fifty bantamweights according to Tapology's rankings fought a combined like 60 times in 2022 and that's that's not accounting for the fact that most of those were against each other so they were actually only a freaking handful of bantamweight fights you can't feel any confidence in this division at all so yeah shevchenko let's see Maybe she gets a shot. If so, I'll feel at least good oh, about my action. I'm going to feel jealous of you that I didn't take the bet if if a fight gets announced because you're I'm a big really Valentina jealous Shevchenko. Nunes retires too. Oh, if Nunes man. retires, you're going to kick yourself. Well, you say Valentina Shevchenko bantamweight. I say Valentina Shevchenko flyweight. Bet online plus money. This what? is my yeah plus one twenty five on Bet Online right what? now. Undefeated all time at flyweight nine and oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm entrusting Chevchenko. I think a lot of people, everyone, I can't even believe that. Do you have a bet on Aaron Blanchfield? Sure do. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it, dude. Everybody wait. is running to the window to bet on Aaron Blanchfield, flyweight let, champion. Let me tell you. Let, let me tell you the scenario. Because look, Chevchenko's minus one ninety at DK. Not taking it for all the reasons. Uh, I just don't want to have a year-long investment in a minus 200. That seems nonsensical. Yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, that totally makes sense. Like, bet online. Let's see if it's moved. 
I don't think last time I checked, it hadn't moved. Plus 115, so it's moved 10 points. Like, that's nothing. I mean, it's still plus money. I mean, Aaron Blanchfield at plus 300 or Valentina Shevchenko at plus 115. I have a Blanchfield at plus 900. So. That's a great bet. That's... Uh. <laughs> Um, that's a that's a much better I wouldn't better take number. her plus three hundred, but plus nine. I was between her and one other woman. I will give you the uh, I'll give you the case for her. This will segue into the next one. Here's the scenario, right? I think the way the honestly, my concern for Shevchenko losing this bet is not that she loses. I think if they do a Tyler Santos rematch, she kills Tyler Santos in the rematch. Uh, I know Manal Firo is your girl. I think Valentina Shevchenko is would take her to school. She would load up the bus, take her to school. Valentina Shevchenko, like Manon Fioro is like Valentina Shevchenko light. Yeah, Like exactly. diet Valentina Shevchenko. Like she like, they fight similar styles, but it's just like Valentina Shevchenko is just like better and stronger. Yeah, she's better at, at all things, much more athletic. I love Aaron Blanchfield. If she fought Shevchenko this year, Shevchenko still going to beat her. My thought is that if Shevchenko's going to be your Bantamweight champion, maybe she just abandons it. Maybe she says, you know, I'm done here. I don't need to be champ champ. We've seen how that works. I don't need it. I'll just get this new belt and ditches it. At which point, that's where the Blanchfield ticket comes in. I do think that she is the future of this division. No questions asked for me. So I figure I'll take the shot on her in case Shevchenko retires, does whatever, moves up, etc. The other woman I strongly considered and may still maybe take a shot on is the second best, you know, flyweight in the world and possibly the best strawweight in the world, Jessica Andrade. She's plus 2,800 uh, for the flyweight. Yes. Uh, yeah. If so I actually, happens, so here's the thing. I thought about Jessica Andrade at, at both flyweight and, and strawweight. You can get big prices on her across mm-hmm. the books at different places. The only thing is, is that, she got finished by both the current champions. Yes. One-sided affairs. It, exactly. I'm so I'm with you on that. My thought for her is at flyweight, it's she is just the best flyweight that's not named Valentina Shevchenko. I firmly believe that. So if Shevchenko vacates, etc., plus twenty eight hundred, big number. Um, feel okay about it. I don't think she beat Shevchenko, but there's nobody that I feel good placing a bet on. I do have her as my straw weight bet uh, for very similar reasons because I I wouldn't pick her to beat Wiley Zhang in a rematch, but I don't Plus know. Plus 1,100. But Wiley Zhang's minus 165. Wiley Zhang lost twice to Rose Namunis, and both, like, even though the second fight was competitive, Rose won that cleanly to me. Rose is not going to get a title fight next, but Rose is always hanging around. I can't feel confident in Zhang. I can't feel confident in Rose either because I have watched Rose fight Jessica Andrade twice. And sure, she technically won that second one. I don't feel that she did. Even even as it stands, I thought that she shouldn't have gotten that decision. And if there were a rounds four and five, I think she was clearly going to lose that fight. Uh, if they rematch, if they trilogy fight this year, give me Jessica Andrade. So get Andrade, not as good a price, plus 1,100 at flyweight. I think there's a world where Rose beat Zhang a third time and then Jessica fights Rose a third time and this time Andrade has the belt and around and around Strawweight goes because there is no dominance in this division. Uh, So moving to Strawweight, I have one bet 
This is another one where the line has has moved and it, it doesn't really do anything. And it is Rose Nami Yunus. On Bet Online. What did you get her? Plus 1400. Holy shit. I wish I had put more on it, but I also am a little bit worried that she's going to do it. She's still plus 600 right now on Bet Online. That's uh, still a big number that I. It, that's that is the bet I would take if I'm only taking one and she can get her at plus six hundred. That at plus fourteen hundred, I'm starting to think about putting like an unreasonable amount of money on her. Yeah, I only got a ten down on it. I only got a ten spot on it. I uh, I should have put more. I was just kind of firing away on a lot of these. Uh, but yeah, I just kept looking at it. and I was like, is this right? Like, is this sounds right, man? Is this supposed to be there? And then they dropped on other books, and I was like, no, this is definitely not right. I mean, on Bovada, she's plus two hundred. On DraftKings Sportsbook, she's plus two twenty five. She's still plus six hundred on Bet Online. Um, yeah, I mean, just a small poke. Is she going to get a title shot in 2023? Like, it feels like she's, like you said, hanging around. Is she going to be active enough? I I don't know. Um, one thing I wanted to throw out to you, though. Both flyweight and, and strawweight. There's rumors swirling a, a return is happening. Uh, maybe maybe even as soon as next month. Sort of a, a mythical fighter now in today's day and age. Uh, one Tatiana Suarez. Hmm. Now... Is she going to come back? Is she going to be the same fighter? Is she going to get a title shot? Probably not going to get the title shot, which is why I'm much, much less uh, excited about this. She is listed on Bet Online on on Strawweight and Flyweight, but she's only plus a thousand. No. Yeah. Can't take. I it. was hoping like if I could get like a plus five thousand yeah, on Tatiana Suarez, come back. Take the take a long. Like I got Joanna last year at plus five thousand just for the hell of it. Obviously, it didn't work out. Zhang Wei Li spinning no, back. You weren't that far moon. off from it working out because if, if she had beat Zhang Wei Li, she is going. She would have killed yeah. Carla Sparza. Oh yeah. So, yeah. Just had to throw it out there. Tatiana Suarez coming back plus a thousand both uh, divisions. I wouldn't know which one to choose. Here's another one. Much. Let me throw one out for you for throw it. for flyweight. I don't see a line. Maybe they've got it on one of your other ones. You can you can let me know. Let's see. What about old Rose at flyweight as a flyweight oh. champ? Mm, I don't think I, I don't think any of them have it, but I DraftKings does not have a number on. Yeah, I don't hate that. I there is a a real world where that could happen. Yeah, because I would pick Shevchenko to beat Rose in a fight, but it would not shock me if Rose was able to actually win a fight against Valentina Shevchenko. That'd be a fun fight. Up. Be a and fun I think fight. That, that fight is more likely than people are thinking. I think that maybe Rose says, "Okay, this flyweight's too chaotic. There's too much nonsense." Let, I I want to test myself. Let's go up. And there aren't, I mean, I know Manafia Rose there, Tyler Santos, but if Rose decides she wants to move up, I think the UFC is going to take the money fight over giving Manafia Rose a title shot, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, if they offered it, I you could start talking me into it. I wouldn't mind a Zhang Wei Li flyweight uh, little sprinkle also, there. Also, something like that. Like, there's, look, that would be a crazy there's Some fight. interesting stuff happening in these divisions, I'm just saying. And you can never count out, you know. Uh, All right. Misha Tate, available in multiple <laughs> divisions. If you're feeling frisky, I'm just throwing it out there. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get some down on Misha Tate getting gold in 2023. All right. To recap my bets. Men's heavyweight, John Jones, plus 450. Sergey Pavlovich, plus 800. Cyril Gaon, plus 850. I added men's light heavyweight. I added uh, Glover's share, plus 800, thanks to you. Men's middleweight, Hamza Chermaev, plus 1100. Yes, that number 
is is no longer available. Men's welterweight, Hamza Tremayev plus 400. You can get 450 now. Shavkat Rogmanov plus 1,200. Bilal Muhammad plus 1,600. Men's lightweight, Sarukian 5,000. Fazeev 5,000. Men's featherweight added Arnold Allen 1,200 thanks to you. Ilya Taporia 1,400. Men's bantamweight, Aljamain Sterling plus 250. You know how me scared of that one. Men's flyweight, Brandon Moreno plus 350. Pantoja plus 400. Women's flyweight, Valentina Shevchenko plus 125. Women's strawweight, Rose Namunas plus 1,400. Those are all my bets. My bets. Heavyweight, Curtis Blades plus 1,400. Uh, light heavyweight, Glover Teixeira plus 800. Middleweight, Bobby Knuckles. Robert Whitaker plus 700. Uh, welterweight, I'm with you. Wolfpack Wage Baby, Hamza Chimaev plus 450. Lightweight, Rafael Faziv plus 4,000. Again, we're sharing bets. Featherweight, again, we are sharing bets. Honored Allen, I'm going to find wherever you've got this plus 1,200. Bet online. Sitting on bet online. I'm looking at it right here, man. I'm going to join you in momentarily. Line shopping, baby. A bet online account, apparently. Oh, my gosh. The fact that you're just joining now is, I mean, this is this is the place. This is where the openers happen. This is well, a excited. premier MMA betting website. Love that. Marlon Vera, plus 900 at Bantamweight. Flyweight, Brandon Moreno, plus 165. Women's Bantamweight, Valentina Shevchenko, plus 700. Women's Flyweight, Aaron Blanchfield, plus 900. May also take a shot at Jessica Andrade, but probably not. Probably just want to keep it to one apiece, and I'm already at my action down. Women's. Strawweight, Jessica Andrade, plus 1,100. Those are the bets. That's the future, Connor, the future. And in 12 months, 12 months from this day, we're going to be back on here, and we're going to be talking, oh, my goodness, you guys went 8 for 12 or whatever the number is. I can't believe how smart you were. You could see the future. I have 17 futures down. I am actually shocked that I have that many down. If I go... Two and fifteen. Now, if I go three and fourteen, I'll be happy. Three and fourteen is a win for me. If I go three and three and eight, I for sure win money. <laughs> and oh, no frankly, doubt. with some of these prices, like if Fazeev wins, I just win. If I go one and oh, ten, yeah. but Fazeev is the cash, gold. So it's fine. It's beautiful. That is it. Those are the futures. That's the recap. That's everything. We're back next week. UFC Apex sixty seven. No Jeff Neal, no Shavkat, that hurts. But we've got Nasodin Imovav taking it is on. absolutely brutal Kelvin to have lost that fight. But, yes. You know, we do get, I say, we do get to start. Alan Nascimento, Carlos Hernandez, the bet of 2022, kicks us off this year. Flyweights, baby. They are back yes, next sir. week. Uh, Umar Nurmagomedov on that card. Down versus Hayoni Barcelos. Fun little matchup. Uh, The UFC is back, people. I mean, that's all it comes down to. The UFC is back. 2023 is here. We're ready to hit the ground running. It should be a fantastic year. It's like 12 weeks in a row of action. Oh, don't tell me that. No, I think we go two weeks, one week off, and then it's just. No, we do have the last week of January off, and then it's just all gas, no brakes, baby. Can't wait. Cannot wait. Talk to you next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. Love you guys.
You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G Podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. 